The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. We are back for another episode of the Salumas Podcast. This is Kalu. This is Chris. And we have someone who I am super excited about. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, hey, I am Dr. Cree Dot. Oh my God. That's Listen. That. Yeah. Oh man. This is this is one I've been I've been waiting for for a while. Uh, this episode is on femininity. And uh, we and thought you've been wanting that, to do this shit since last year. Since last like year. After you did that yeah. you did the masculinity. Absolutely. One. And, uh, and so I've really been excited to get you in here to talk about this because I see you as like the Jedi of, of like femininity and hopefully, I, I know you're going to teach us that it's not that, but the way it's funny, Chris and I were having this conversation that was like, if Dr. Die just started, because I think that you have such, you have some kind of an agreement with matter and, and with the universe <laughs> or something, you've made <laughs> one where... If you just started shooting shit out of your hands, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like, oh, she probably sounds <laughs> like Dr. Right. Die. I mean, that's, that's what right, you would dude. do. But no, it's just, it's it's one of those things where it's, it's it's uh, we just respect you so much and you've got so much knowledge and we can really feel that passion from you. And, and I feel like you just sort of get it. And so we were like, what better person to have on here to talk about femininity than you? Uh, and so that's what we're going to go on. So our last episode was on masculinity. And so we, it was really funny sort of uh, going through that transition because when you get a bunch of guys in there to talk about something sensitive, in my opinion, like masculinity, especially when it comes to, yeah, yeah, something fragile. One of the things that we said was that uh, uh, manhood is, is easy to get, no, No, hard, yeah, difficult to get, but easy to lose. And so... The for a lot of our conversation, we're sitting there cracking jokes, being silly, all this kind of stuff, and it's it's like we have to do this weird little dance to get to a point where we can actually start talking about real stuff. And I think that that's something that is intrinsic to to guys getting together and talking about really, uh, in my opinion, uh, intimate stuff. Is that we have to joke around, we have to be dumb, we have to do this, but then there's something that that comes out of there. And I left that episode being like, wow, I think I know. A lot more about myself, where I'm, I'm more interested in learning about myself and masculinity in general. And so, I want you to just talk about femininity. I, I want to just dive straight into it. What is femininity? Because I don't know what it is. Because if I were to answer, I would just say well, like, you it, might know, you might know more than you think. That's you what I knew. Uh, I knew she was going to say that it. to your ass. <laughs> don't I do this to I me, Doctor. Do well, and, and what I was going to say is that oftentimes we don't have really a functional working working definition right. yes. of what masculinity right. and femininity really yes. are. It's always usually piggybacked on top of something negative, either yes. being associated with brutality, toxic, or yeah, toxic, toxic. masculinity, or yeah. femininity being framed up as being weak or yes. something right. like that. Right. Um, and then also, it's it's intrinsically related to a lot of these gender related debates right. as well, and it's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you looking at things in terms of male and female and right. then masculinity and femininity right. those are two different spectrums to yes. kind of reside on but like he said 
going off of that, what is your take on mm-hmm. femininity? Well, I wonder, can we open it up, right? Can we open it up to that spectrum? Okay. Like we kind of, I think we referenced this spectrum. Like every aspect of our life has, we're on a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? I think we talked about this last time, but so let's think about like just with our intellect, intellectualism or our cognitive ability, we have the spectrum. You have the people in the, you know, the bell curve, you have the norms, mm-hmm. and then you have your outliers, but you certainly have a spectrum mm-hmm. when it comes to cognitive ability, emotional IQ. I'm going to turn um, your mic okay. really quick. Talk now. Here? Ah, perfect. Is that better? Yeah, there so, we go. So just thinking about the spectrum, so can we do that in regards to femininity and masculinity, mm-hmm. right? So when we talk about femininity, are we just specifically speaking about those characteristics that align more with um, what comes with the innate aspect of being a female. So like maleness and femaleness versus masculinity and femininity. Well, so do we separate those in the sense, because I really believe that we all as humans can have all of that. Like if we're going to kind of operationalize it, can we say that all of us have some aspects of masculinity right. or the way that we um, define or describe that? And we also have the femininity. Okay, so I... I can even say that I feel like I have traits that could be like Consider fem- feminine, feminine yeah. but like I also am like, well, that's, I don't, it's hard for me to well, be we like. we all started off like at, when the sperm, you know, when the egg and the sperm got together, we all started off as little. As, as, Females. Yes. Yeah, yeah so but I, I think of things of like me, like, oh, I like to stare in the mirror sometimes, you know yeah. what I mean? Or I like to. So, but those, I can those be are kind things of, that have been ascribed to feminine behavior, so that's, right? Okay, yeah. So can we be fair and say, like, we're going to use, if we had to use a definition, we're using society's kind of yes. description of what feminine is and just how we've so, been socialized. To I'm 100% a victim right? of that, yes. And, and But is that, I guess, if you think about what we need in a society to, to kind of function in some order a little bit, so do we want to accept that? <sighs> Well, it, and then and I, I feel think, like I shouldn't well, accept this. But, but I even I think we even discussed this or maybe even touched on it in your last visit, but sexual dimorphism. Yeah. The biological implications yeah. of a species that's right. sexually yes. dimorphic, yes. you're gonna have behavioral differences and yes. how much of it is socialized into us right. and how much of it is innate. Is innate, right. So is it fair though to say that because you said there's some things that you both probably do some things that someone would say, Oh, that's that's a little feminine or that's yeah. Kind of like, yeah, absolutely. right? Guys so, would use a terrible thing. Right. And and so <laughs> it, it kind of gets tricky because some people, okay, so I do have colleagues and homegirls, you know, that say femininity. I remember growing up, I was told that my femininity is femininity is expressed when I wear makeup or I do things like wear a dress or, you know, I was yeah. told that like in the beauty salons, I was, it was communicated to me that you need to show more of your feminine side because you don't wear makeup and make sure that you have on like dresses mm. and things like that. And then you have some I, colleagues of mine who I know feminine, like feminism and femininity are all in one where you should be able to express your full self as a woman and not be questioned or or pushed down or told to shut up. And that includes including your sexuality, right? Like some people would describe Beyonce as feminine and a feminist. In what way? It, because of just like her platform and how okay. she uses it to promote like, you know, this strong it's woman. It's empowerment okay. as opposed the empowerment, to sub- right. subjugation or bowing mm-hmm. down in any way. And, and, but she also, but... I, 
and that we can have a debate like I've had debates with my colleagues about, but do we have to put our sexuality on the forefront to be able to get that? Like, that's how I feel about Beyonce and her experiences. Like, it, so is she really playing the game of like us showing up in this society and it's like, look, I know this is what y'all want and this is the way you're going to respect me. So let me go ahead and use this and boom, gain my power, gain my my relevance, gain my position. And then I just come in and just like rock some shit, you yeah. know, as a woman and just start building up this queendom. Yeah. Right. So it's like. I- the economist to me is 100 percent in support of that. OK. I'm just like use every but, tool to your to your okay. advantage. And one of those tools opinion. is patriarchy's. Objectification of women, and that's yes. the part. Is like, do we re- are we selling out when we participate in that as women? So this femininity, it's kind of like there's just kind of like this intersectionality where can we really separate it and say, or can we have a spectrum? I guess that's what I'm saying as far as femininity. Okay, so for something like that, then what what do you think of when you see like the people on Instagram? <laughs> Like a lot of the the females oh, on the Instagram, women? yeah, they call thirst traps. Is that, what that's the, that's the thing is is they they call them thirst traps. So what do you think about that? So because they are making money, they are getting likes, they are getting like all this other kind of fifty k followers or whatever, and people but. are sending them all kinds of money. And again, it's the again the economist to me is just like, well, it's. Yeah, you, you your libertarian money. side is just like, ooh. Yeah, I'm just like, well, you're making money. That's that's how you do it. But like, how how does that part come into play with femininity? There? See, personally, I struggle with it mm. because I just look at that and I'm like, oh, you're more than that, sis. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and and so even if we talk about like you say, the economist and you, like even if we talk about the way some people show up is like that's what you want. That's how you want to create capital. Because I guess I'm assuming when you say the economist in you is like, because we live in capitalism, we need to create capital capital. And so that means use whatever you got. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's no boundaries, just anything you want to use. That's that. That's, that's how I feel about Mm -hmm. that. But I don't necessarily align with that. Like, I just don't think everything should be a commodity. Like, I don't think our food should be a commodity. You know, like there's so many things. And I don't think like as a woman that that should be a commodity because, I think about the unintended consequences of it. That's that like is home the girl that want to like like all the girls with the butts, or if they just mm-hmm. really do this dynamic twerk that yeah. like it just don't even make sense that her butt can shake like that. Like yeah. that's dope, yeah. right? It's like, it's that she awesome, can do man. that. That's skills. That's <laughs> yeah. skills. However, um, what are the unintended consequences of it? Yes. It's kind of like we just got to step back and look at the big picture and what yes. what what we're creating. Like what energy are you creating by rec- or just simply? And I know a lot of people that do this that love the selfie. They use the filters. And they just post, post, post and show, you know, themselves and they get followers and all of that. And it's like, what? So what does that mean to you? Who are you? Is that a part of your identity? Like, is is that who you see yourself as? Somebody that needs to take a picture, show others and then get the likes to be able to say, okay, you know, that's the validation. I just think it goes, everything goes back. I know you remember me saying this. Everything goes back to intention. Yeah. Like, what is your intention behind that? Mm hmm. And like, you like, know when I, I also think of like when I see those posts, if you look in the in the comments, there's always that like neckbeard dude that's in there saying some awful awful things. Well, to not, it don't even have to be awful, but they they just dudes like, oh, your eyes are so beautiful. No, like, it's not even it's it's those guys, but some of them they're saying like, oh, you've got fake this. You you know, call them sluts, call them all this other oh, kind of shit. stuff, and yeah, saying a lot of terrible things. That's the other side of it, where it's like, is it really worth? 
that much to be called that. Right. And then sort of and and to and to go on there and you see some of their posts, they'll post something and they're like <clears throat> dressed provocatively or whatever and they're talking about women's power. Yeah. And and tons of likes, but the majority of the likes are probably guys on there. Right. And, and they're um, not likes for the right reasons. And they're not, not likes for the right like, reasons. I, I support you and I support your personal efficacy. It's yeah, because you got yeah, yeah. And that's isn't that so interesting? Like it's kind of ironic. Yeah. On one hand, I want you to respect me, but I don't like the way you are showing me attention and respecting me. But I do because it's going to get more people to look at me. Mm-hmm. It's it's a tricky thing. And yes. I don't know if I. I don't know if I can align that with femininity in regards. I don't even, I don't actually, I wouldn't associate any of that with femininity. I would really? so, associate all of that with, like we talked about, like the economist. And yeah, it's just is, money making. Thing. It's just, how can I use me to, to create capital? Kind of, like conventionally, uh, a masculine kind yeah. of trait, especially if you're talking about it, using me as a commodity to create capital. Even if you have that duality where you're like, okay, this is my online presence. But you know, i I also read a lot. I'm, I, you know, I create things with my hands. I'm invested in my community. If you have that duality, there's a little bit more understandable element to it. But not all of these people have that reality. All they have is that exactly. thing. Yeah. And I remember not too terribly long ago, um, and this is kind of an obscure fact, I guess, but a porn star, um, I can't remember her name right now, but she ended up completing suicide as a result of, she said some stuff that was kind of off color regarding the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. and uh, she got drugged for it, and then she ended up committing suicide as a wow. result of it. But I think it came through her IG, and that's who she was overwhelmingly. She was so invested yeah. in this world that once people started dragging her, I mean, it's over. It, yeah, she, that's her world. That was so her then world. that basically ended her world. Or it was like the world just against her. Yeah, and with, that, and that's not to discount that she may have struggled right. for a long time with yeah. with ideation or issues, mm-hmm. but it, it's very readily apparent that once people started being critical of her, outside of her just being a commodity, yeah, like we're chipping at her character, she absolutely couldn't handle it. But the commodification, like you were talking about, dudes saying nasty stuff. Yeah, I'm sure that stuff rolled off of her. Yeah, well, because it became kind of like the socialization of she is expecting that to come. At, at, like those, so things, those okay. things will come. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think any of that. Like I think there's a separation between that and like femininity. Like I don't think like the way that we all have kind of fallen into just like everything is a commodity now, and how women believe that they can, you know use their bodies. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't, when I think of femininity, that's not something that I think of. What are some of the like, things I don't that picture think that. I think like for me, femininity looks like, um, the, the grandma that held everything down, like took care of shit when, with, with little, you mm. know, that woman that like came in and took care of the kids, took care of the household, you know, like that to me is femininity. So, so is that sort of a gender role too that you kind of... No, I guess I'm saying more like, so I was just talking about this with some family members. The woman that, wow, there's all this going on, she's still holding shit down. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like taking care of children, but she just still rocking shit out. But she's mm. using like all the aspects of her. 
Like she's using her her wisdom, her cognitive abilities, her emotional self. Like I feel like just her being able to use her whole self in this environment that is very patriarchal and, mm. and very much a masculine environment, being able to show up and still rock shit out and like be fruitful, you know, to blossom and to yeah. shine. Like that to me is what And I a lot of times they get no credit. They don't. They and they're and, not and doing the, it for credit. They're not doing it for like, credit. Dudes love attaboys and yes. pass right. on the bag. Right. Fathers yeah. love attaboys. But I think there are back. some <laughs> women that are socialized. Like if you think about all the different, the very like we already talked about race before, like mm. the different women and how they're welcomed into this society and how they're welcomed to show up. I think there are some groups that are socialized to. Um, seek out um, the Atta girl. Like, that's good. You did a good job. Mm-hmm. And their identity is tied to, you know, functioning for that approval. I do think mm-hmm. there's some women on that scale. Is that a good thing? I don't, I, I like, I think I said this before, just I remove this good or bad is kind of like what, what comes with it. You know, like there are some women, what is the consequence and unintended consequence of when you function for that approval like you need that atta girl you need that yes you've done a good job and you will so for someone will do anything they have to to get that to get those accolades and to get that type of um notoriety right Mm -hmm. so i don't know it it serves a function in their life how is that for you as a as a mother to which part as far as when you're holding shit down and you're doing all the stuff and and you're raising children and everything Mm -hmm. like that was there were there times where you you needed some of that I don't want to call it validation, but you needed the add a girl, just like guys need the add a boys. So I, I think everybody needs their wins. Like I tell talk about that with my husband. Like we all need wins. Because it seems like a lot of times we go through these challenges and we fail or we we struggle. And it's like we can't have too many struggles without a certain number of wins. So mm. those wins can show up in whatever way that speaks to you as far as this says I'm winning. So for me, my children making good choices um, and and setting themselves up to be successful, whatever they consider success, those are my wins, right? Okay. So it doesn't necessarily have to come from another person saying, which we got this a lot. Like I remember early on with our kids, we'd be somewhere and people would say, oh, your kids are so well behaved. Like that's not, I don't, I don't need that as far as an girl. Like I don't, I don't need you to tell me as a mom that my kids are well behaved because to me that's just. That's just expected when I think about me being a mother, mm-hmm. you know. So I think everybody has their, everybody needs wins. You know, everybody needs those those situations where it's like, oh, okay, I did that. And that means I can do something else. Mm-hmm. How does, <clears throat> I want to, I want to dig more into the first thing. Like what makes you outside of the, the biological things, or, or maybe it's not a biological thing. We'll, we'll unpack that. What makes you a woman? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think um, we talk a lot about just the energy of a female energy and a masculine energy. Mm -hmm. So for me, I know that women often, like we talked about before, are more nurturing, are caregivers, are more sensitive, or I shouldn't say more sensitive because I think most men... Uh, attuned. Yeah. Well, I, and, and I wonder, is it attuned or is just society accepts that? Because I think most men that and I always say this to my friends, like most men are just and boys are just are extremely more sensitive than most women that, that I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just don't get to express it, but they're just little boys, like just what little a, sensitive we don't, boys. We, yeah, we don't give people the, yes. even the opportunity. Yes. To yeah, but the, the sensitivity is so strong and so yeah. real, and I like it, and I think that it's useful in how the man has to show up, and yeah. I'm using quotes, but I think that women are allowed to be 
um, in their um, their feelings. They're yeah. allowed to be in their sensitivity, like it's acceptable for. So them. one of the things that I said in our in our last episode, uh, which was on masculinity, was that men. It seems like men don't have a place where we can go and and openly feel our feelings. Yeah. Because of all the different pressures and sort of stuff like that, and so and the one, more of us you get together, the more stifling. The more it stifling it is, yeah. yeah. And so one of the things that we talked about is how, as men, we need moments and spaces where where we're nobody. Right. Where and, and I was talking on that episode about how I like to go mountain bike because it's one of the things where I yes. feel like I recognize my insignificance when yes. I go out there. But yes. when I'm among other people, I'll find ways to be. Better than not yes. not right. like better well, than it's them, the but alpha like male. It's the, it's, you stuff. are you are still a, um, a primate. You are right? okay. Thank you for making me <laughs> right? okay we, with that. Because <laughs> like, like, let me tell you how better I am than now. Yeah, no, no, no. but we but, really are right. Yes, we're yes. we're all still primates. We're all, and, so, the, and alpha will always emerge out of any yes, group of people. Yeah, and especially with men. And I so I have this discussion with my husband is that I recognize that men overall, and I I wanted to say. In general, men desire respect, mm. while women desire the love and affection. Right? The men, to me, as for my husband, for me to show him respect and reverence, like that's just a part of his makeup. That's desire. And when mm-hmm. we talk about you're nobody, like when you're with this group of people and you get to be nobody, like there's still this level of respect that I don't know if it's innate or if it's like socialized, but yeah. men desire respect while women desire this love and Hmm. honestly you're like we operate at our best when we're gassed up and it really takes a you know if you're a good dude and you get gassed up you're gonna do good things if you're a bad dude and you get gassed up you're gonna do bad things so gassing somebody up isn't necessarily negative but i i can just say whenever i'm being made to feel respected and valued and kind of lifted up i function better absolutely Absolutely. And I think the same for women as far as the love and affection. So when we talk about those ladies on Instagram that are showing themselves, it's kind of like they're looking for it's it's really just like this this crying out for attention mm-hmm. and this way of like how can I become um valued or appreciated or shown that I'm appreciated or loved. Why does it seem bad for us to to say something like that? But it just comes out so naturally and just feels natural to to hear it from you. To you say that from- it that to to call it for what it is a cry for attention. Yeah. Because I 100% agree, but I'm I'm for real scared to say that well, to they, someone b- because at face value they don't know where that's coming from. Right. And sure. and, and where is it usually coming from when it comes? It's from usually it? coming yeah. from a, a place like, of mis- yeah. judgment. Yeah. Judgment. It, it is tough. It is tough. I mean, I think that's the same. That that goes across not just gender but also races and things like that. Like well, a woman can say that, but a man can say that. It's yeah. just like how everybody's talking right now. Like. For black people, like we gotta, we getting mad at the cops killing us, but we killing ourselves. It's yeah. like black people can say that, but a white person can't say mm-hmm. that, right? Was it the concept of punching up, like that mm-hmm. sociological concept. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's like you just can't, you it it just it feels different. Yeah, <laughs> it's experienced differently. Hmm. Right. It's because we we even made a, a we were talking about something like that when we were talking about guys here in in our area with like. Big giant lifted trucks. Yeah, and, and the one thing that what all right, what do you think of when you see a guy driving in a big giant ass truck that's just lifted and everything? So just it can go across the big giant truck or the fast car. Yeah, you know it's like I know most people will say he's trying to compensate for something, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like 
it's okay, I think, for people to like things, and I see you like that. But then when they go extreme, it's like you really want us to know you're here, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and we can call it. We can say you really want us to know your dick is big. Like, you yeah. really want us to know, like you're the alpha male. Like, you know how, like, if you look at primates and how even if they're weak, they gotta show up real big. Yeah. To like let everybody know, like you don't step to me. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same thing when we, you know, see Bubba in his truck and. So how do you react to it? I mean, do you, are you just like, all right, I see what you're doing. Yeah, like, and, yeah, and I don't have a judgment in a sense. It's like, okay, I see. I don't, you know, it's it's really simple to me. Like when I see people and the way that they show up, it's like, oh, I get you. I understand where that's coming from. Yeah, and that's okay. Sure, sure. So when I was, it's funny because uh, yesterday I was uh, buying gas, and it literally it it wasn't as similar as the situation where I talked about. I think it might have been in our Boys Will Be Boys episode. But I was talking about a guy who had, you know, this since the this whole uh, you can now open carry in Kentucky and everything oh, like that. Shit. Yeah. So well, I mean, that, you could you could open carry in Kentucky before, but now it's concealed without uh, yeah license right. without license. So I was uh, I was the at summer, the gas right? station getting some water, and uh, a guy comes out and proudly with his big mm-hmm. just a big old handgun yes. on his thing, and I was yes. just like. Oh, come on, dude. And, and again, it was weird. Overwhelmingly, like yeah. just the average dude with his like uh, Duck Dynasty shirt tucked in to his denims. Bro, with, he was wearing blue jeans with a tucked in. Yeah. I know. I, yeah. yeah I, that, he's not there. Like he wants you to think he's there to save the day. That's really what it is. Right. Overwhelmingly. I mean, you could say like, oh, maybe it's an off-duty police officer. But even then, he wants you to think that. Yeah. But it's it's it, it was tough, man. It really was because well, I'm just like, guys, why we, are we? We even had to make the acknowledgement. I think when we were we were shitting on these dudes with the affliction shirts and the big trucks and all the the like Fox racing stickers, us lifting weights and can be viewed that way. Yeah, it actually it overwhelmingly is viewed that way. And then we we kind of went down the path where males, and I don't want to say necessarily inferior males, but males that can't compete on one plane will jump to another plane. And they'll impose that toxic masculinity on that other plane. Mm-hmm. Like as a musician, even mm-hmm. like these, the arts, males will take over that stuff and mm-hmm. interject that patriarchal element mm-hmm. and it comes off different. It hits different. When you see us, they make those assumptions like, oh, you know, you lift weights, mm-hmm. probably a douchebag. You don't make those same assumptions about people that are in the arts and then right. you discover later on that it's there. Yeah, that it's yeah. there. I think it all has to do with third chakra, the second and third chakra, of course, because you think about the second chakra being the one where that's where our sexuality and our creativity comes from. And so when we get to show up and the way we bring that, I just think that's what it's connected to and how that if it's blocked or how it gets to flow. And if you and then you go to the third chakra and that's where your power is. So when we think about our power, like just to me, those two chakras and how, and then the fourth is where your intentions are. So Mm. you think about, you got your creativity, sexuality here, your power here, and then your intentions here. Like, what would that look like if all of them were lined up and clear? You know, like just being able to express your power, being able to use your creativity and be contribute in this world in a meaningful way, in a creative way that feels good to you. Mm -hmm. And then also your intentions, you know, like what if all of that was lined up? Like, how would you show up? Cause when you talk about you being a weightlifter, like I really think like what's wrong with you saying, I like that my body can do this. Like I have the opportunity to build this muscle and I enjoy it and it looks good. 
So it's about the intention because mm-hmm. some people want to, you know, they like want to make sure you see what you see my right, you know, bicep. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, and, but and they're not all mutually exclusive. Yeah. But that's okay, though. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's kind of like what's the intention as far as like how far do you go right. with yes. making sure with the truck? Yeah. It's kind of like I think we all do. That's just that's just human nature where we kind of like show each other like this is what I can do. This is what I have. Like it is, we all do it. That's what the women are doing with the pictures. Well, okay. and I think that the the idea of expectation versus acceptance plays a role as well. If you're doing something with the expectation of eliciting a reaction from somebody, yeah. you're already screwing up. Your intention up. is different. Yeah, that's it. So we talked about toxic masculinity. Do you mm-hmm. think that, or can you describe toxic femininity? I, I wonder. Or does it exist? So I don't know. I think. Is it something that can damage? Like, so I wrote a blog a few years ago about, um, I, it was about Beyonce. Okay. And it was specifically speaking about using your sexuality. And can we say that that's toxic, toxic femininity? So I said, like, Beyonce is one of them. And then these TV shows that are very much about, like, showing girls how to just use their sexuality as, like, primary, you know, uh, up and front. Like, this is the thing. This is what you need to ascribe to or, you know, um, try to be like the mm. girl that can wear all this makeup and have her butt out. And because that's a really big deal, like sure. having a big butt and everybody's getting. So I wrote it and I said that my daughters like I'm at a I'm at war for my daughter's lives right now mm. and who they need to be or who they need to think that they should be. Right. Mm, so geez. when you think about. Like Beyonce and how she showed up on the scene and like she talked about being a seductress and, you know, all of these things. Like I talked about that. And I I mean, I like Beyonce does the other stuff now. But as she started, it was really her sexuality that drove everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you talk about toxic to me, if I were to describe and I'm not saying everybody would um, look at it this way. Toxic femininity is when we make our sexuality is like the only thing that we are. Like there's so much more to us yeah. while the sexuality, that part, but that also is in relationship with the masculinity and the mm-hmm. patriarchy. Right. So that it, it's like, it goes hand in hand. There's a re- this relationship, but to me it becomes toxic when that's the forefront of how you see me as a woman. Okay. Do you think though that, and, and as, as I'm sitting here going through just the idea of, of toxic femininity, do you think that in the same way that people view toxic masculinity where where guys kind of like shit on everyone and stuff like that do you think that the same thing can happen from women as well i think it's tricky though okay why is it tricky because if you think about so we talk about patriarchy and this masculinity and it being the dominant um you know the dominant part of society and then it's kind of like it's kind of like here here's a good example how some characteristics of living in poverty get associated with being black people and culture like that's just that's the culture when it's some stuff like, no, that's not acceptable. We just associated with that because that's what we've had to do because we weren't like the dominant group. Mm. So I think the same thing happens with women. So some of that shit do- should not be associated with femininity. And like, this is what. So how do you separate it? Because like, just thinking on on just personal experience, my my stepdaughter is on, the, she's on the, her school dance team. Mm-hmm. And I see just the way that some of them interact. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like. There's, if if I had my way, I'd right. be like, get the hell out of this exactly. and like get into like basketball. There's or, I don't know. I just yeah. is it worse in bat in in sports like that? But I I feel I feel like in something like 
like dance team or something like mm-hmm. that. And she she loves it. So I'm like, go ahead and do your thing. But like, I see h- how people's personalities are just different. And like, I see, I get it now when girls say, when I hear females say women are bitches, you know what I'm saying? Where mm-hmm. they say stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hang out with them. I'm just like, that type of stuff is is in there it's real and it's something that i was thinking about is you have to since patriarchy obviously we live in patriarchy is it femininity is it toxic femininity that's present or is that still the manifest elements of hegemonic masculinity imposing itself on women third way don't you think that there's hegemonic femininity though but that's like saying reverse racism Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like the, it when you have the power class, mm-hmm. the system of subjugation in many ways negates the possibility of you having reverse racism or toxic femininity. Mm-hmm. Th- that, so as th- long as you fall in place. Yeah, you can't have toxic can't femininity have. in in theory. Like in theory, right. you can't really have toxic femininity because it doesn't run. It's not running shit. Like there's not hegemonic right. femininity. It's just hegemonic masculinity. But that's what I was saying about the other side of that, how it can get turned around and there's some ways that it can show up. And it's not like we associate it with like, we associate some of it with like this empowered female. And now she's really standing up and doing her thing where it's like, it's because it's up against like, why do we have to use masculinity as the backdrop? Like, why can't she just, a lot of it is driven by this backdrop of masculinity, just Mm. like what I was comparing to black and white, like how some black people will show up and like you describe certain things as that's the culture. Like, you know, on some music to be calling, you know, this pimp or these hoes or, you know, talking bitches and all that stuff. It's kind of like people will associate that with the culture. Like, no, that's not the culture. You know, that's not, but it's like this backdrop up against, um, this white world and how black people have shown up. I think that's the same thing with the female world. Okay. It's like up against this this male world. It's like how are we showing up and and the way that we're showing up is it really true and is it really good for us? I guess I okay. should say that in the end, is it good for us? So, so a lot of that is <clears throat> that's the patriarchy too. That's your envision or that's your vision of the patriarchy. If I'm getting it right. And masculinity. Well, and masculinity. if you want to say it, yeah. Okay. How can you... And I'm sort of weaving in some of the questions people have asked okay. in, in, into this. And so, um, what would you envision a world without a patriarchy to be like? Do you all think that there could be a world without something being dominant? No. I, I don't really. think so, right. because biologically, like but, I was saying, there an alpha will always emerge. Yes. But I will say one thing. I will say... I'll play devil's advocate here. If you look at... If we reference anthropology, you have chimpanzees and you have bonobos. Very closely related species. Mm-hmm. But bonobos have a matriarchal society mm-hmm. that's centered around mm-hmm. affection and sexual interaction mm-hmm. and all kinds of social ties and shit. Chimpanzees being... I mean, I think that they can even interbreed. They're so closely related. Are violent, mm-hmm. male-dominated. And these are... If you was to look at them, most people would look at a bonobo and say, they, that's a chimpanzee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it is possible, but not with the current... But it's you know, that's it, the whole talk right now. Like, with yeah. women getting in power, like, it would just be a different society, 
right? Have you all seen like like that's really, yeah? They're that's, talking yeah, about Kamala Harris, and, especially and, even yeah. the woman and out of New, New Zealand. Zealand. Okay. Yes. Oh, we were so, we were giving her all right. The praise so, last but episode. that's what happens. And even if you think about when there is like this matriarchal environment, like it just things just happen differently, mm-hmm. and everybody's raised differently. I, but I will say though, on the political side, I I think that they're like New Zealand and countries like that are they're going to be set up where someone can make a quick call like that and sort of you know get it done. Where whereas I feel like there's there's so many cooks in the in the political kitchen in America where if any president were to say fuck it, we're not doing assault rifles anymore, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have all these lobbyists. You're gonna have all these companies. Oh, you're gonna have all these. Yeah, be, yes. you're gonna have all these other political parties yes. where it's like, hey, if we ban this, yeah. this is gonna cut jobs for right. this factory. There's always this intersection. So it's a lot harder for for things well, e- like that. To even happen having here. states, even being one country divided up into states, and us putting mm-hmm. that much emphasis on states' rights, mm-hmm. that's part of the divide and conquer mentality. Sure. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about capitalism. Consumerism, it drives every bit of this and it's intrinsically tied to yeah. hegemonic masculinity. The but, one thing that I will say though is that if we had a a female president, if we had a complete an all-female ticket, the one thing that I would I, I'm hoping to see is that that will expose how much the president has no control of the country. Oh, for that's sure. that's what I want to happen because as long as I feel like as long as I keep putting a guy in, in president, people are just going to think, "Oh, he's calling the shots." But uh, the rhetoric is important. That's sure. That's that's where the presidential power really comes into check is being visible and having people take what you say seriously. Sure. And right now, what we have. That's why, whenever you know, I, I look at it on the federal level as a dog and pony show for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like whenever this creature got elected, I didn't act like the sky was falling. Historically, the man has been pretty much a leftist as far as a lot of his social values mm-hmm. shit didn't pan out as optimistically as i would have liked for it to yeah. but uh overwhelmingly this past election to me just illustrated that uh golly a woman can do like three things three bad things mm-hmm. And is absolutely crucified. And don't get yeah. me wrong, I do not. I'm not a huge fan of Hillary Clinton. I don't. I don't like establishment. Yeah. Anything. A man can do anything. Lots, he can lots, do lots, lots of terrible lots. things. All yeah. the terrible things, and then literally point out when other dudes do the exact same shit yeah. mm-hmm. and not be called a hypocrite for yeah. it or mm-hmm. anything. Well, yeah, you- and that's happening with uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. Like, I, I love her being there yeah. because she's exposing so much shit. But they're calling her crazy. They're calling, they're calling her, her crazy. Stupid but, but here's the deal. Is this fair? And I wonder what you all think. So when the women show up, is it okay if they show up as women or do they need to show up at, as women participating and being masculine in their in their government in the way that they they govern so that's the thing about some of the women that are being considered sure like, i think that for and i don't mean to interrupt you i was saying that if she is if she is if she wins and and if women take over and expose what's going on mm-hmm. i feel truthfully 100 percent that only a woman can help guide us through mm-hmm. this whole thing of like oh shit we've We've never been in control. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't think of any other type of person. I think she than does that woman. well, though, yeah. Alexandria. Like yeah. I don't think she's showing up as like how men. She's showing up as herself. Sure. 
That's, and and, and that's not that's your okay, so when rifle, you talk right about there. femininity, that yes. to me is what that she's still rocking that shit out, even though there's criticisms yes. and those things are coming. She's still rocking it. Yes. Right? She's still standing in her truth. Yes, she's still standing. And in that it. is exactly why I believe that once, if if a woman takes position and all this stuff is exposed, it's a, a woman is going to be the one to be like, hey guys. I get it. We're fucked up. Like yeah. now, now we're seeing ourselves but, as ourselves. Let's guide ourselves through it. And I don't think that a guy. But can do that. like mm-hmm. when a, a during eight years of Obama, think about how he got picked apart. Sure. Think what will happen. It, all the attributions are going to fall on her being a woman. Oh, it, instead yeah. of it being the the in a, in many contexts. I'm not saying like anybody in this room, but I'm saying that. I think that a lot of attributions regarding our social system will be like, well, we should have never any elected failures. a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any, any failure, failure is going to be attributed to her being a woman. We just had that at WKU. Yeah, it just, they just voted to provost. She's mm-hmm. a, and I, I, there's so many things like there because I'm a part of faculty senate. Sure. And just being honest, there's just like I'm just thinking like it's because she's a woman because there's so many things. If this the whole situation would have been handled differently if she was a man. You believe it so? Oh, absolutely. And I and I'm just saying that honestly, I just think the vote of no confidence, which is a very rare thing. Yeah. I just think all of it would have been handled differently had she been a male. Wow. I you know, one of the things and I, and I'm on the outside in, I'm three year three, four years removed mm-hmm. from WKU now. I've 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 made a post I said like you have to suck at your job really, really, really bad to get a vote of no confidence. And I and there were or male just, and female you faculty. Could just be, there were but however, that means nothing. That means nothing when you've been socialized in patriarchy where Ooh, you believe yeah. that you join in. I mean, it's the truth. You sure. join in with that rhetoric. Yeah. Like it, but to me, to step back and just look at her as a human being first, most most and, and I don't I shouldn't say that because I don't want to generalize and talk about women in the South or just like the way a lot of women are socialized. To, this is a safe space. But Dr. it's just Dye. true. <laughs> well, I just think about like I don't want to generalize it because all women in the South aren't like that, but it is very common. For it's just like that wife who has a husband who's very much an asshole, but mm. she's gonna vote in line with him even though she knows some mm, of the stuff that yeah. he's doing is not right. Yeah. I see sometimes that it's just so easy for that unconscious component, that unconscious bias to come up where women will be like against women. Mm-hmm. And I, mm, I really yeah. feel like, because my vote was, I just said, I have no basis to make this judgment right now. Like it, it just isn't enough to me to make that judgment. It, and I really know that it would have been different if it was a man. It would have just been handled differently. Would your vote have been the same? If it was a man? I prob- If I don't know, like I've gotten questioned the same. Like we had recently, they had an invite for us to respond to all administrators, like her and then Caboni. He's uh-huh. a man. However, some of the questions, like some of the things, I have no judgment for that. And I don't want to go looking for something. I want to just keep it as true as possible and look at what I've seen and then make my judgment off of like, what I've gathered. And I, and I, I, I want to play devil's advocate one more time. And I would say that it's possible that men thinking that they're playing a level playing field, they think they are, right. and they'll be like, Oh, you want, you want to be, you want to be treated with the same respect mm-hmm. as a man. I'm going to treat you like a man. And then they, scrutinize a woman more than they would a dude that's yeah. part of that good old boy claim system. it yes. equal rights. and then claim it as equal rights right. okay so that makes me now think of those youtube videos where 
there's like the girls that are jumping on there and like yelling at a guy. And it was, there were some girls that were like yelling at a dude on the subway and she was swinging at him and all this kind of stuff. And, and he hit her. Oh, the guy that slapped her. Yeah. And, just and, and slapped he was the minding hell his own business her. and she yeah. just kept on hitting him and stuff. Mm-hmm. At he he was point, like 18 feet tall. Yeah, he was. He was. But like, where do you draw a line on something like that? See, I don't honestly. And this I really feel this way strongly. If you feel like you can huff up and stand up to anybody, be ready to get bopped. You know, like get, I don't right. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's a man or female, a male or female. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, be wise in your choice. I'm not going to huff up and jump in anyone's face unless I know that this means that I could potentially get bopped. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what his level of strength is. It's like you're choosing to huff up and, and be the aggressor or the attacker. Like I just think that, like I do think it's a different dynamic. Of course, when it's someone, a male and a female and he knows his strength and she's not, she's not showing up that way. But I just really feel that way about anybody. Really? Anytime. Yeah. yeah, And I think anytime there's a power disparity, like a significant power disparity, there. There should be some accountability on the more powerful party to be discerning about For how sure. much force they allocate. For you know sure. what I'm saying? Um, so so that that makes me think about this statement that I say sometimes, and it's good that you said that. <laughs> I say that um, a woman can make or break a man. Sure. Yeah. So I when can you agree talk about that. that responsibility with the power, mm-hmm. what do you think about that statement? You just blew my mind. I was not prepared for that. Well, well, you said there's responsibility because when I hear you talking about power as a man, I I immediately think maybe he's referring to this physical power, mm. this physical yeah, well, strength. Well, okay, and I'll, I'll liken it to my role like at work and stuff. Uh-huh. Not only am I a dude in a overwhelmingly female field, mm-hmm. so I already have different roles and duties like go with her to go do this. You know, she's not comfortable with this specific okay. client, especially if it's a male client, like being alone mm-hmm. with them, people have a past, whatever. Then I get double duty because I power lift as well. So there's this, and, and I don't know if it's a part of this, we, we say savior syndrome or whatever, but I feel the obligation to protect. And then also I was raised in a household where I didn't put my hands on women. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I punched my older sister in the face when I was 11. Like, that's the last time I ever did anything like that. But she was way bigger than me. she come come at me. She knew she might get bopped. Yeah. And then after I bopped her, she just laughed maniacally in my face. And it was the most terrifying shit on the planet. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I had said in our previous episode, because you brought up power and you said that a woman can make or break a man, is that I said that one of the things that really separates men from women, I believe, it it does reside on power. Now, I think that men are born with a power that is that we are having to spend our lives showing that we are deserving of it. Mm -hmm. And, and women, I feel, are trying to discover it. And when they discover it, they realize that they're way more powerful Mm -hmm. than the guys are. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of them getting there and, and discovering it. But again, I feel like the fact that Guys are constantly trying for validation, trying to understand and show that we're deserving of this power. That's kind of why we're able to send, you know, like come up with some crazy shit. Why, why a, th- a lot of guys are like divide and conquer, where it's always 
getting shit done. Always, we're fighting wars. We're taking over land. It's we're sending outward. shit up to the moon. It's yeah, outward. exactly. And, because and we're competitive, trying. and it's directed it's towards other men. Like, it's yeah. outward. Even if you like your bread and butter is being desirable yeah. by a litany of different women, mm-hmm. you're not doing that because women find that appealing that you can bed down all these women. Because a lot of women in general are going to be like, ah, sketch. Yeah. You do that because you think other guys are going to look at you as more manly or more masculine as a result of yes. it. Pretty so, much everything it seems to be comes back around to a man's opinion yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think about that? Do you do you agree? Do you disagree? Where do you think that it, it is for for women? Are are they spending and the other thing that I said in the episode is that I feel like women start the race behind because of the power. Because they're having to figure out that they have all this power, whereas guys, it's like, oh, you're going to be strong. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to be this thing. And like, they're giving you all these opportunities to do big shit all the time. And so, A, do you agree with that? And B, if you do agree with that, when was the moment in your life when you realized all the power that you have? Mm. Is it fair? Is it fair to say that for men, like when they have any type of challenge or trauma or undesired stuff that they get it comes out it's outward and for mm-hmm. women when they have that trauma challenge and stuff it goes in mm-hmm. so then you have the women like a lot of women will gain weight or they'll just have kind of um like some of these obsessions with like the the way they look but it goes in and it more hmm. it's more attacking inward instead of outward where men it's all coming out we make external attributions a lot of times dudes will blame mm-hmm. something oh, outside of themselves well right? w- women, women will, will go in right that explains so much with like the dynamic of m- me and my wife because <laughs> she she takes everything right. in and I'm just like just say what's wrong yeah. like and it's just like maybe is it is it fair to say that she's just not wired that way yeah and I, so I like that because of the idea of just masculine and feminine energy mm-hmm. masculine I don't know so I right here on, I have inhale on me and my mm-hmm. husband has exhale so oh, what, what, the woman the female the ma- the feminine energy is um receptive okay and the masculine energy is more like i said it's outward it's going out yeah so he's the exhale and i'm the, like i'm receiving it while he's huh. he's sitting out. and i wrote this That's whole awesome. thing about it i know that it, is but it's, awesome. it's truly speaking to this feminine masculine and feminine energy and you think about the sun is masculine the, the moon is feminine you know like there's so many things in our world that if we looked at just kind of j- uniquely that's just how it is yeah so when you talk about men showing up and there's this power and they get to they express it out where, where women it goes in and then you talk about she doesn't even know her power because she's taking on all this shit yeah that she's taking it in and then sis you don't even know who you are because you're taking in all this yeah. shit you know and then men the way that they're doing it they're study trying to put it out there put it out there trying yeah. this out trying this out and dude you don't even know who you are like you ain't even got to do all that bullshit yeah, yeah. To be, you know to figure out who yeah. you are to see you but you're just like putting all this out putting all this out so it's kind of like good like, is it fair to say that that's just like how it is? Could be. <laughs> like, truthfully, and, and I'm and I'm going back into just just my dynamic with with my wife is that for the I realized that for the first time since I've known her, I told her just the other day, you don't realize how how like you have so much mm-hmm. potential to mm-hmm. like fucking kill it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I didn't say it that energetically, I was you know it was a little bit different the way I said it, but like yeah, she'd be like, "Calm down, Kalu, she'd be like, calm your ass down with all this bullshit." (laughs) But like I I just see that 
that part and it's just like just let it out like you just got to execute that's what it is but it's it's going on what you're saying I'm framing that up because I'm trying. I'm putting myself. Organizing in, it in, I'm organizing it. I'm organizing it in in, in my mind. mind. Yeah. You want to know? So I'm doing this training. It's called Emerge Kentucky, and it trains women to run for political office. Mm-hmm. And we go through all of this because if you think about just like the political environment and what it looks like and how it is, so you have these women who are like these badass women, but it always shows up that for women, um, it you. For a woman to be to run for public office, she's usually on average asked about nine or ten times. For a man, you tell him once if somebody said your buddy says, "Hey man, you need to run for city council." Kalu's like, "I'm a yes, bad yes, motherfucker." Yes, 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 yes. Right. You get it? Yeah. So for women, we like go through this scan of like, no, maybe I can't do that, or what are some other things that might get in the way? Yeah. And oh, I got this responsibility. Where men is just like, oh. You think I'm I'm good enough? Going. Like, yeah. you want me to run for president? All right, yes. let's go. You know? That, oh, my God. <laughs> well, got me nailed to like a peg because I'm just like, just give me the word. Tell yes, me I'll be the yes. shit at it. And, and Tell you, me I'll potentially be the shit yes, at it. And I'm just like, right. here and, we go. And you said the the phrase, well, maybe that's just how it is. And, and it makes me think about, again, going back to biological factors. And there was a study that I read in undergrad that indicated that there was a quantifiable difference between the size on average of the corpus callosum of women's brains mm-hmm. and men's brains. Yeah. And I think we even talked about mm-hmm. the corpus callosum yes. on the masculinity episode yes. and in the last one you were on. Yeah. But the exchange of information between the two hemispheres of the brain, some of the more laudable attributes associated with femininity are cooperation, right. which again correlates with that mm-hmm. inhale, that mm-hmm. receptive, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. let's take all this stuff into consideration. Whereas the male brain is much more single-minded and it's not so much about who's better. It's apples and oranges. Right. It, and it serves a function. Mm-hmm. I love it though. I love that we can have both. Like yeah. I, I think they complement each other when and it's you, healthy. So you know, what, what oh, go some, ahead. something that we haven't even touched on really mm-hmm. is, and it's everybody in this room kind of fits a little, a little bit of a conventional part of the paradigm. What about people that do not, fit the paradigm whatsoever a male that is not to say isn't overwhelmingly feminine per se but just doesn't fundamentally manifest masculine characteristics or a woman who or biological woman who fundamentally does not manifest characteristics that are generally associated with femininity like uh non-binary individuals uh trans individuals Mm -hmm. That type of situation. Where where do you feel like those folks fall in this paradigm? I think it's fair. Like, again, that we look at that spectrum. I, I just really do. I just, I don't, I don't think that. I think because of like, like, so we talk about nature and nurture and, you know, the innate things. But I think that there's those, the, those people who are, they're born. And this is like, think about somebody with, um, I don't know, think about an autist, a person with autism mm-hmm. and like the extreme, like some of the stuff they can look at a picture and just draw that or look at a city, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. The clarity. Yeah. And it's there. So it's can, kind of like, can we say that for the femininity and the masculine or the male? Like, can we say that for that? Like put it on a spectrum that way. It's and it's almost like he and I were even talking <laughs> before you got here. The more we 
got it out and unpacked it and talked about it being a masculinity femininity spectrum it's more of a matrix it's more of a three-dimensional type of thing and then something else that i think we need to note is that it's not static right that yeah it's fluid you you manifest different characteristics within different contexts and then over the course of your life if you even look over the life cycle women on average are going to manifest more masculine behavioral characteristics as they mature males manifest more feminine characteristics as they mature yeah there's kind of this meeting in the middle at a certain point is that you know what's what's (laughs) crazy that's biology and then i feel like that's that's our hormones kind of meeting this kind of baseline and then i think it's also the human mind transcending sometimes as well and those things might just kind of coincide at the same time it makes me wonder though and and be a little bit envious of um, of gay people, because I feel like if we're if we're going to treat everything, if we're going to put masculinity and femininity on a spectrum, then I think that especially gay men, I'm I'm a little bit envious of them because they can channel both whenever they want mm-hmm. without restriction. That that is that is true, and and I think because there's times where I wish that I can like feel like, but it hadn't always been that way. It yeah, it hasn't. Been that way. That's right. very true. It hasn't that, been that now. Way. It, it it is very. It's it's a dope, uh, impressive thing to see a male that is openly gay, right. but is also like super discerning yes. and, and getting yes. shit done and yes. not taking any shit. Yeah. Yes. Um, but again, that goes back to manifesting those conventionally masculine characteristics. No matter who you choose to have sexual relations with, right. you're manifesting those characteristics that our society so values. Can we say we all have them, though? We do. And yeah, we absolutely tune. do. You said they're more, some individuals are more attuned to them. Like, can we say that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only thing for you is you guys stop worrying about what the hell anybody else thinks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I know. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, he's a warrior. I just want to cry so bad. No, no. You I just just let it out. Huh? Well, thankfully, that since going to... Uh, uh, going to yoga class, like I, I've mm-hmm. been to just like two or three hot yoga classes, right? And so, um, it's the one place, and, and every time I come out of there, I, I make new friends, and and everyone's very helpful with yes. me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's the one place where my strength means nothing. It don't. It's like I come in there and I look at the mirror and I'm just like, yep, it's all biggest, dry. strongest dude yeah. over here, you know don't what I'm mean saying? Nothing. But it doesn't mean anything, right. and it's it's it's. It, it, again, it's it's humbling, mm-hmm. but everyone's very like open to help out, and that's like one of the few spots where I'm just kind of like, okay, I can sort of be nobody here because yeah. if I if I'm 100 nobody and, and like strip myself of like any identity or something like that, right. they're still gonna see the big strong you know mm-hmm. big strong black dude. Oh, does he play football? Does he do this? Right. Does he do this? You know, because I can get I'll get asked that if I go to any city. And right. I was saying in our last episode, one of the things I really like doing is if I have to travel for work. I make sure it's somewhere far enough where that I'm nobody when I'm right. when I'm out there where no one knows me. But you'll be at the airport and they're like, "Oh man, did you play or something like that?" But mm-hmm. when you're in like the yoga place, it's just like, no, nope. it, it doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean anything. Doesn't well, mean like anything. If or if you, I'm riding, it doesn't like. Yeah, if it's you and like, I lined up mean. for a, a race of some sort, like a long distance race, me and you are fucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, done we, for. We Your run. knees and my short ass legs. <laughs> yeah. Stand it's no over. chance. Yeah. We couldn't do it. We just couldn't do it. And going back to what I said earlier today is that I feel that men to really understand and channel some of these other parts of our personalities, 
we have to be put in positions where where our identity is kind of stripped right. and society doesn't give us enough places to understand that. And I think that if we had or more... Or we don't create enough. Or, or, or yes, or we don't create enough. Because they are created. I remember a few years back, I told Rob, like, men need men. Like, yeah. uh, you need each other and, and allow to be vulnerable and, you know, um, with each other. And unless you get that, you won't... I don't see you being healthy. Yeah. I told him that as far as like things that were showing up in his life is like, you got to get with some people that like other men, like where y'all can cry and talk. And- Are you okay with like someone as close to you as your husband having like some of his close friends knowing more about him or more knowing things that you don't know? I'm okay with that. Yeah. To I me, think a I'm lot okay of people- with it as long as it allows him to become and come into his best self. Okay. Like he, and, and really we, we've been married 20, well, it's going to be 21 years, but moving into that, like he's just getting to, like you were saying at a certain age, get into this place where he can like really get in tune with that and be okay with that. And then I'm like, if do, if you can go talk to him, you can tell him your deepest, darkest secrets. If it helps you be well, Yeah. like to me, I don't care about that. Like I don't need to, I, I am not, I'm not the person that can do everything for him. Like he needs other men to do that for to help him move through some stuff. And some people like to feel like they have a monopoly on somebody else's a lot of people validation. Like it, yeah. Or just I'd relationships. Say the, I'd like, say the majority of relationships. Like you probably like think you can one. make your wife happy. Yeah. It, it is not your responsibility. Yeah. No, but it's not your responsibility for her. her happiness is not your responsibility. My husband's happiness is not my responsibility. And he, mine's isn't his. So what do you do in a situation like that? Like if he if he's in a funk, if he's like, do you just, like, let him feel it? No, you know, you honestly, and this is being very transparent, like, we, he went through that, and it got really low, like, sure. dark, and I know, like, as a man, he did not want me to go to this group of men that we knew, like, that were his friends, he, he did not want me to go tell them, like, y'all, you need to go save him, like, he's, he's yeah. that far, and I remember him being angry with me, like not speaking to me, but really? to save his life, yeah. I was like, I have to go and tell them mm-hmm. so that he can be alive mm-hmm. because it's just that dark for him. But as a man, he was not going to go do it. Wow. So then that opened up that door, even though he was upset with me. So it wasn't even about like, I'm this, cause uh, clearly in a uh, husband and wife situation, a lot of men can experience that as their wives is like, you're not my mother. You can't tell me what to do. You can't be coming mm. in and be overbearing. It's like I had to say, I don't care. I just want you alive. It's not even about me. It's about you and your health and wellness. Hmm. So I took this risk of him being angry at me, but I know that men need men. Like you just need each other. Like you just, it's not, there will be no healing without each other. And women need women as well. Would For you sure. Say? Yeah. I, I do believe that. But I think that the thing is we always, you know, women, we going to get together as a community and squad up like we're gonna work through that shit and be like but how is it when you when you were saying that women are they they internalize everything they take everything in how does anything get done in a group of people that just seem to take everything in well i I guess that's the thing is like the way we can take that damage and that hurt in is like we'll take it in we'll personalize it and it's like we need each other to remind each other no this isn't you you know, this is not your stuff. Like, how can you work through that or how can you show up? But I think it's a dope way that women will also twist that and make that their motivation mm. and be like, okay, I got to be more focused on getting my, but I, and I always tell my daughters, it's like every girl needs a day because you do need a day to, because you're going to take all that shit in and then it's like, okay, what are you going to do with it? 
And I think for a lot of women, it, they never work through it. Mm-hmm. I do. And I think that's what we see like in social media. Like they're trying to work through those issues of as a four year old girl, like when you start, stop feeling loved mm. or you, this is the way where you are trying to figure out how can I get love? And these are some ways that you're trying to get it. And how do women express moments like that? Is it like the, like some of us will joke, like the new hair, new me kind of thing? Is it like, oh, like how are ways that women can, how do we, again, so men can understand femininity. So, so men can have a grasp at, 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 maybe we shouldn't have a grasp at it, but just a better understanding. How are we to know when something like that is happening? Like with if it's a woman? real though, if, like, yeah. I, I, I guess for me, I just think like, you, you know, y'all remember, I don't want to say who sang this song, but like when a woman's fed up, like when she's fed up, like it's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like with women, it's like you get, they'll constantly communicate. This is what you, when you see a woman start talking about, oh, new me, this is a new year, new life, fuck, you know. This yeah, yeah. So when that starts going on, she's saying, I'm unhappy and I really want somebody to help me out through this and I need something done for this. But when she's done, you know, like think about most women when they are done, they just do shit. Like it ain't, yeah. I don't need to tell you what I'm about to do. Mm. I'm just about to do it. So that that's, and this is certainly my conceptualization or the way that I understand it. Like I'm not. I, I wish I could say that all women do this, but that's how I observed it in women. It's like, no, sis, when you really about to take action, you're not going to talk about you're it You're not going to say a word. You don't have to. You just do it. But when you're talking about it, it's because you want somebody to respond. To, you want? Is it safe to say that maybe they want someone to say that it's okay to do it? They want, because it's all, because we've internalized. They, I really feel like when you know what you need to do, you do it. So even when they put that out and they want this, it's kind of like you want affirmation. You want somebody to say, yes, you got this. Yes, you do. But really when you got it, you got it. Mm. You know, like it, I don't know how to describe that of like, I see a lot of sisters, a lot of women that do that. They'll be like, oh, I'm about to walk into this new year and I'm going to be about my money. I'm going to be about my bag. You know, like when you got it, you got it. You don't need to say that. So then... Are you doing it because you want people to say, oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. But really, is that really what it's going to take for you to do it? Hmm. You you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. I've seen so many people repeat the cycle every New Year's. And they do the same thing. New Year, yeah. new me. I'm losing this weight. I'm about to make this happen. Like I just really feel like if, when you do it, you will do it. And you won't need to talk about it. So how do we, for for people that... You know, we'll like, we kind of jumped out of like trying to motivate people and stuff like that. But how do we as as men or as a podcast, how do we sort of teach self-reliance and, and get people, especially women, to just be like, look, if you're about your shit, you don't have to talk about it. You don't need anyone of us telling you right. anything. Like how do how do people tell each other? How do people teach each other? That self-reliance and, and understanding balance, though, your right? yeah, understanding it's your own balance. utility and stuff. I just like really that. think for me, I think modeling is a it's excellent. Like just like when people talk about Christianity, is like just walk like Jesus. Like, you know, like walk that, walk that out in relationship with people and have a relationship with people. Like think about when you all change, usually it's because of your community. Like you, you start shifting because of the people around you a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like when your thinking starts to change, your mindset starts to change, it's the people around you. Mm-hmm. And I see that the same way for women. So say I have a whole group of 10 homegirls and like they're just like, oh, we want to just change our life and start eating better and start living a better life. 
if they're around a community, like think about that. If mm-hmm. it's a, a bunch of badass women around each other and eight of them getting their shit together, you might have two who just are talking and they won't get it. Mm-hmm. But usually you have that community and then it starts to happen. So to me, like modeling that, like I am an example, like you said earlier, when you have that power and you take responsibility for what you put out in the universe, like I modeled that to me. As a woman, I'm going to model what I think a woman should walk like and how she should show up. So one of the things that we talk about in our podcast very often is we say audit your circle. Mm -hmm. What is a good circle for women? See, and that's it's hard to say audit your circle. It's a matter of like there's all kind of circles that you can be in. Because when we talk about our families, some of those circles are effed up, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't say we should just delete them and end it or, you know, mm-hmm. close them out. But I think for women, it's like you, I used to say this a lot of times, if you're not at my level or above me, I need to limit my time with you. Yes. <laughs> I need, yeah. to, yes, I need sure. to, I need to drain my energy. Drain so, it, yeah. but I, but that isn't saying like people who are below me, I should also be feeding into that area and being like that person for them that they're aspiring to be like the mentor. But for the most, most of my time should be, my focus should be on the the people that are at, at my level or above me. Cause I should always be improving. Right. That being said, is your circle pretty small then? See, that's the thing. I, like I said, I have those circles, yeah. like the varied circles, but what do you mean by like, like even though you have varied circles, are they are they varied but still very small, like two or three people in in these different? Because I like to think like you know are my you circles, circles or inner circle, like they, you know like I, inner I circle. Say, I mean yeah, like inner. There's, there's a difference between yeah. your yeah. inner circle and I mean, then all your, your peer, so people yeah. that like intimately know me. And yeah, I know yeah, them. yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I guess there those can be they're small, but it just depends on what function they serve. Okay. You know, like for my, my, as far as my career, my colleagues, I have my circle of people that I'll do research with or do projects with. And then as far as like my relationship, as far as marriages, like we have our friends that are married, you know, like those are just different groups. And then I have a slew of, um, young people that I mentor. Those are large circles, Mm -hmm. but they all get to know each other. So I don't know. It just, I I feel like I just kind of like move through all these different circles. And then even in my family, I'm open to like my extended family to me is intimate. My extended family is my family. I don't look at it as like I just this part and then this part. They're all my peoples. Yeah. I I that's something that that I am thankfully on board with too because it's especially coming from uh coming from a Nigerian household where it's like look, everything is Nigeria, you know. Yes. And then you bring you bring in a, a white family from South Central Kentucky, and it's like, how do we embrace all of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And it was, it's, I'm, I'm very thankful that it's something that has worked both ways. Good. Everyone is, is certainly uh, embraced each other on that. I wanted to jump on. A, I, I've got a couple more uh, uh, questions here. Um, it says, okay, one of the things here it says, <clears throat> why does it seem like women are set out to define what a woman is to the point where other women. Uh, who may not fit that mold feel like outcasts. And I think we kind of talked about yeah. that before. Um, how do we sort of let those women, like uh, like the person we were going to have on, Heather, who is all about competitive strong lifting and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. how do we 
how do women? I, Tyler Young, I would just like to point out that Kalu just said competitive strong lifting. All right, carry That's, on. I don't, yeah, it just feels weird <laughs> saying like, "Oh, she's in strong man." I, I don't want to like she's trigger a strong people. Woman. Or, like she's, she's a strong woman. strong woman. Okay, yeah, she's in. She does the competitive strong woman lifting. Um, I I feel a lot for those women because they're they're just as feminine, but they have other women saying you look like a man. Right. Instead of just letting her be, let her be. You yeah. know, like I I would say that. Like I just think we should let each other be. But then I think the hard part about that is because we have to have this backdrop of masculine, you know, and so that's where the comparison to a man, like, why do we always have to have this backdrop of comparing it to a man? What can we do to it to get rid of that? That's the backdrop? standard. That's the standard. Just like, yeah, white, white yes. is the default. Right. Male is the default. Right. Yeah. How do we get rid of that? Yeah. How do we get rid of that? Oh, okay. I was, yeah. man, you're supposed to have all the yeah, answers, Doctor Die. Jeez. Like, how do we get rid of that? <laughs> a few more generations, everybody. Just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. mixing them getting together. it together. <laughs> yeah, but even then, like if you look at areas like Brazil, yes, there's an enormous racial diversity. Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. It, no matter what the SES is, there's a lot of racial diversity, but there's still a lot of problems that are centered around this kind of self-imposed caste system to a degree. I mean, you still get shitted on for being dark-skinned for, sure. mm-hmm. for these reasons. You get shitted on for being light-skinned for these reasons. Um, I think in the absence of problems, we create problems. I think that's just our nature as mm-hmm. explorers, as a species, mm-hmm. that we're not ever going to be content. And yeah. and when we think, we keep on trying to talk about things in terms of finality and fixing things. Sure. It's a moving target. It's always going to be a moving target. So yeah. the moment that we feel like We've got shit figured out. It's just going to open up mm-hmm. the field for all this litany of other issues that we need to address mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a species. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to talk also about women's standard of beauty. Yeah. Talk, can you, what is it to you? Well, I know for a lot of women, like the beauty is, it, it like it's so often that women talk about like just being beautiful from within. Yeah. Where we are in a society where the way you're external the way you look externally is very important Mm -hmm. and how it, it changes, how it's fluid. Like sometimes this, there's been periods of where no makeup has been like this thing. And now it's very heavy. Makeup is the thing. And that's beautiful when you can like put all this different stuff on. So for me personally, I think that beauty does come from within. Like you just show up as your real raw self to me is beautiful. So, but a lot of women don't feel that way. Yeah. Have you you heard that? I also do think that, and are you talking like Western standards of beauty? Like, yeah, like I'm talking. We, oh, yeah, like our the rest of the world is right. on a different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's that. They say that quote. Um, inner. Why? Why do they say the quote? Inner beauty was created by ugly people. Why do they say that? Well, it, it fits that. It fits that idea of like somebody externally can be beautiful and can be ugly. According, like what we would the convention. Yeah, just and it fits that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't I, I just don't believe in that because I think like I personally see the beauty from within and sure. just see somebody being beautiful from the way that they show up. I like to think and, and this is me as a, as just my male perspective. I and along with a lot of the, the guys that I associate with, we are more attracted to just confidence mm. and and confidence is something that is very hard to come by. Yeah, for uh, women. Con- yes, that's yeah. what it just Gen- seems genuine like. Genuine confidence. Genuine, yeah, genuine confidence. It is like, just because it's male and female too. Oh like, yeah, sure. like a lot of dudes. Like we we're talking about the truck. Like yeah. you know, 
Not to say that everybody's compensating for something. Sure, but sure. That kind of takes the place of maybe where a hole might be. Yeah. I, I don't, I, neither Chris nor myself really lack for confidence. Um, I have my vulnerable moments, but like, I, I feel like I can see women out there that, that fit that standard for like, oh man, she's beautiful. She's hot. She's whatever. But I can just see the, I don't, mm-hmm. brokenness if you right. like, yeah. and I don't like to call people like broken, I guess, but I, it's. I can see that even through the makeup, through mm-hmm. the filters, the through the smile. Yeah, mm-hmm. the insecurity. Mm-hmm. How do how do women come to terms with that and understand that? Like, look, it, it, there was you. You hear some some uh, women say like, uh, um, "He left me for this person who doesn't even look that great," or they mm-hmm. have this thing yeah. going on. But it's the confidence. How do we get? How do women get to understand that part? How that is. I again, I, I believe it. That is even more important than the physical aspect. Doesn't that go along like what what I was saying earlier about like we need so many wins? So I think so, okay. even in our confidence, like you think about, I just think about me as a woman. If I'm with a guy and then and I have so many young people or women clients that I've worked with that they've been with a guy, they've given their all, and then like one guy like just does them wrong, right? And then that's that's a loss. And then they go and they're in a relationship and another time it happens. Yeah. Right. So each time their confidence is just being beat up because they internalize mm-hmm. it like there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Like, why did this happen to me again? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like she needs those wins to say, like, you can do this and it's OK. It'll work out. And you don't necessarily get done wrong. You know, when you're showing up as your full self, it's, sure. it's hard. Couldn't we also agree, though? And I think we had all talked about a little bit of this on the last time we were we were all together was the just the idea of homeostasis. When shit like that happens mm-hmm. to you, your brain, in my yes. opinion, start to say, like, this is what is accepted. Your brain, right. does, like you, I think you said, your brain doesn't see right and wrong. Is that right. what you? Well, the brain is more like it's just always you being your bodyguard. So uh, okay. your brain is always it's always going to see what the the thing to be worried about like it doesn't look at it doesn't look for the good okay it looks for everything that could go wrong okay like how this could hurt me because when we were on the serengeti mm-hmm. right i need to know are you going to eat me or am i safe yeah like that's it but could it be could it is it fair to say that the brain could could eventually get to a point where it starts to see that that these shitty people that they date or whatever that is that oh, becomes a norm. normal. Yeah. So I did talk about that, like when you're in an unhealthy relationship, and just some of the the the, the back and forth, and some of the, yeah. So that becomes like a neural a, a neural pathway is built where you understand it as this is just the way relationships are. Yes. And and so then that is a part of like who that person that woman believes that a relationship should be like, mm-hmm. and it is related to her confidence and just her security. Or even just thinking that I need to be with somebody that does this for me. My brain, actually, there's different hormones that are sent off because it fires something that may have been associated with somebody that it started off good with. And then all this drama started getting created. And there it is. So some of the onus, it sounds like to me, some of the onus resides with men. It's not so much entirely what can women do or what can we do to get women to understand that confidence for example i'm just you know me i'm from extreme ownership right so you know what i mean and and then i'm just playing devil's advocate sure, sure but at yeah. the same time if if you look at it in those terms i still feel like in a roundabout way it, it just it still comes back to men sure 
I think it, but it's both, right? Because there's some stuff that like a man can, he's done everything. And she just, she was like, you used broken. She was broke before you got there. And then it goes back to what I said about, you're not going to make her happy. Mm. Like she has to, that has to come from within. And until she works through her shit, like he can just show up and be wonderful and do this and do this and do this. And it doesn't matter. Like that's, I, I think I'm working with a couple right now who she's had some, real bad situations and dude is showing up pure like he's showing up a hundred like he doesn't have any reasons he hasn't given her any reasons for her to be insecure or unsure of the relationship but because of her past stuff her brain just will not relax and so it's like what can he do he's like i've done everything and i've right. done it and i'm doing it and i'm doing it and she still has these insecurities because she it, it's like a trauma you know it hit her so hard and it's like how does she work through that? Like while he can show up and show her that a man can, a dude can be good to her, there's still some shit she got to work through. And that's and, something that I feel like a lot of young girls are just, they're being raised into, not even raised there. They go to school and they're dealing with body image issues and, and all this other, like well, that's it's subject, man. But it's when, happening young women so, are socialized to be objects sometimes. It's yeah, fucked but, up. Like yeah, it's for like sure. it's it, you why are you why are you wearing makeup? Like again, yeah. there there don't get me wrong. There are plenty of individuals that I'm sure do things for themselves. Mm -hmm. Just it makes them feel good right. or, or whatever, but the the socialization process of patriarchy straight up grooms young yeah. women. But that's yeah. what I was saying about the blog I wrote. I'm at war for my daughter's hearts and minds. Huh. Like I, I am at war with society and I'm losing because my oldest are like, she loves makeup and it's, it's because of what she's seen. She's beautiful. Mm -hmm. She doesn't, but she needs, she feels like she needs that to be beautiful. Like it, she needs that. So how, how do women that's get some forward? of our onus though? I think oh, yes. that's some of our onus as men is, is putting our money where our mouth is. Like yeah. saying things like confidence is the most attractive attribute. Like she was saying, we have to foster a culture that facilitates confidence in young women. Mm -hmm. So more of the it, little wins. Yeah, and, and, yes. and as individuals, as opposed to these things, and, and we do it as dudes too, yeah. we, we present ourselves as this manufactured image of right. what we feel like other people are going to find appealing. Yes, okay, so... And it's even more oppressive for women because it's not just other women, it's, it's, it's men as well. Guys. We really, with the exception of the superficial elements, and I don't sure. want to generalize... We really, it's other men that at the end of the day we answer to a lot of yeah. times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And huh. like even in the gym, think about it in the gym and there's a lot of memes about it. When you go and you develop a lot of muscle or a lot of strength, like any of the girls that I've kicked it with, it, the girl that I'm seeing right now. She does not give a fuck about how much I bench press. Or yeah, neither does my wife. If anything, yeah. she's like, shut the fuck up. Yes, I don't that's care literally. About, like, I'm just like, hey, how does this look? She's like, You're, yeah. just like yesterday. I'm just like, no, no, look at this though. Look at this yeah. though. But is that a, like, it's, it, it's funny because when you said a woman could make or break a man, I'm just like, but, That's it, it, but so. at the same time, it's an encouraging thing because I already know this shit about myself. Like I'm content. I, I don't I don't do this shit for other people's validation. Yes, yes. But it's still good to hear. Like, I think we all have that yeah. though. But I think we all, we all need that. that. Just like when we work out, like 
you know, you the, I, I can see a girl like, dang, she look real good. Like her legs are not, sure. you know, that motivates me like, oh, I could do that too. It's kind of like a thing like where it's just like, oh, I like that. I could do that too. But what's the intention? And and the, and the, the beautiful thing I think about, you know, when I'm approached that way, it's almost like, yeah, we get it. Like she acknowledges, like she wouldn't even act like I was being ridiculous if she thought that I was insecure about it. You know what right. I'm saying? She's like, right. shut up, bitch, whatever. Yeah. But the fact that she goes to that step, it's like, it's an acknowledgement that I am more than that. Right. Mm. It's actually a matter of respect for her to be like, nobody gives a shit how much you squat, yes. Chris. Yeah. It's her being like, I like you, you being silly you and yes. all this nonsense. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's good. That's, oh, that's, that's crazy. Okay, how, but... How do we, I know you're, you're at war for your, for your daughters. Mm-hmm. How can we as a society be as at men, or, go, as men, yeah, as or as men as allies? Because I, I believe that I am, I, I, I really do. Especially now that I have a stepdaughter. Yeah. Like how do, how do we properly go to war for them? these young women yeah. and still, but not being a thing where we're controlling them because right. I don't want to be the dad. That's like, you can't wear that. Right. You can't, you know, don't do this. You know, I largely, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very laissez faire dad. I'm very, very hands off. Okay. Like I jump in if I need to, but I, I'm of the mindset of like, there's no better teacher than experience. I can tell you right. so much, you know, I can, I can help you understand some of these things if you, if you come to me and ask them or something like that. But I kind of will be on the on the back and just kind of look and watch and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like I have to be more aggressive. There, why do we, you when you describe all that? Like, why do you do that? What is the purpose for being laissez-faire and hands off and sitting back? Because that was, I believe, that's how my parents did that for me. Right. So uh, you you're going. And I'm like, and I turned out okay. Model. Right, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you weren't, you're not a female either. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. I know. So, I, and I say this a lot of times too, like, especially for dads, mm-hmm. and they have their daughter, it's like, um, show her a healthy male-female relationship that isn't focused around the way you look, the way she looks. Mm-hmm. Show her that, like, show her affection, be her friend in the sense of talk to her about this stuff without this place of like, I need you to do this or I need you to do this way. Like receive her and listen to her in a way that is just like, you just accept her just as she is. Okay. So one of the things that, that she does, and I do this to both my wife and my uh, stepdaughter is if they are dressed up or something, I don't, I, I don't first, my first thing that I say is never, you look beautiful. You look this. I ask them, do you feel pretty in Mm -hmm. it? Do you feel something like that? Is Mm -hmm. that a wrong thing to do? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that because I've always it's fair. Thought, it's easy because okay. you're you're putting it back on them, and that's, that's what I do with my yes. children. It's like um, instead of me saying I'm so proud of you, it's like how do you are you proud of yourself right yeah. now? Because that's really all that matters. It yeah. doesn't matter what I think. Yeah, what matters is how you feel. Yeah. So and, you're saying, and, and to that's them, something that you know, my dad said when we played sports. Like if I had a bad game or mm-hmm. if I did something, he, he, mm-hmm. the first thing he would say is like. Are you happy with your effort? And Did you that. do your best? And yes. I say, and, and, and like, if right. depending on how honest I was, you know, I'm just <laughs> like, I'll, I'll say yes or I'll say no. But if I say yes, he's like, your best is good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that he would always say. And so I take that same thing and it's That's like, good. do you feel pretty? Okay, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think of it. it like, that's how, that's kind of what I want people to understand is that like, the people are, me personally, 
I was always attracted to women who didn't give a shit about me. Like a woman who could tell me, like, man, you aren't shit or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh <laughs> tell she, me I'm a bad Tell man. me I'm a bad <laughs> No, 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 no. But like, but like I've always said I I have been attracted to people who don't need me. Right. Right? And they so they want you. They, they choose they, you. they they choose me and they mm-hmm. don't need me or something mm-hmm. like that. Because I they will never be my number one priority. Mm-hmm. I am going to be my number one priority. Mm-hmm. And be and when I take myself as the number one priority, I'm able to be better for them. For them. Mm-hmm. And so how do we sort of get, especially women, to to understand that that whole thing? What can men do to be like, no, this is on you. It doesn't matter what I think about well, your beauty or can anything. Can I say something? Sure, sure, yeah. I grew up in a household that was just me and three women. And... I operate to a degree under the assumption that I have a little bit of inside track on just normative behaviors. I work in a female dominated field, all that. But then the more I think about it, the more atypical or more anomalous my sisters and my mom are because they're not like, you don't come at them with petty shit. You don't come at them. Like I had a bad day. My mama does not give a fuck. She, she'll figure out like, well, what did you do wrong? And my sister's the same way. So me operating in that environment, I still, you know, I got drugged to Kastner Knights or Dillard's or whatever all the time because I'm the youngest of four. And my mom or my sisters would come out of the dressing room and be like, what do you think of this? I was raised to give an honest, objective critique mm-hmm. and be like, no, I'm not feeling that. That doesn't go well with your skin or your eyes or whatever. And they're like, cool. And that works just as well. For me, that has worked. Well, just that's as also well. the women that you're with too, because right. a lot of women don't want that. Right, so. and even and even in my interpersonal relationships, sure. again, probably women that I've been attracted to mm. have appreciated the mm. fact that they can take me yes. somewhere, and I'm not going there. I'm going there as an extra set of eyes, not just like, yeah. The, I see re- what you the mean. reaching to seeking yeah, validation. Yeah. I, I'm as much a peer that's involved right. in assessing this outfit yes. as anybody else. How that's can good. men? How can men properly be in a position like that? Well, I guess they got to care first. Okay. Like a lot of men don't. That's not something they like. What you just described. That's rare. Most men don't go and participate in that way. And I can, it was probably how I was socialized. Yeah. To yes. Enormous degree. But that's rare. And and that and that made you care about like if they want your true opinion, like, do you think these shoes what what looks best? This left shoe or this right shoe? And I'd be yeah. like, that left shoe is trash. So yeah. but and most men like would be like <laughs> most men really don't care like which shoe she wears. Right? Well, for the most part I don't. Uh and if and if I if we we it was we uh I'm probably the worst person to go shopping with because when he ain't got no style, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have zero style, absolutely no style. I'm just like khakis, cool, yeah. sport that baby, look great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. but uh, my thing is is just again because I asked like, do you feel good in it? It it doesn't. It no, doesn't, that's probably not. It, so how yeah. do men understand when to? Like when how to, to turn it on uh, or turn, when, turn how to code on. switch, you know, because I believe that men What would probably, happen if you were honest in those situations? I think those are situations. I feel like, like I like, am. I, like, I, I haven't seen. He I'll, really I'll, doesn't give a shit. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you think. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that has to do with individuals too. Like you just, as far as picking out the best shoe for that dress is just kind of like. That's yeah, not how I, I, I also Even feel, for him, he's like. 
For, bitch, right, right, like, right. What yeah. he wears. It's practical, yes. comfortable, and it matches. Yes, that's Kalu exactly. is on it, and it's not terribly expensive. So that's who you yeah. have to be. Yeah, it can't be expensive. That's, that's who you yeah. have to be. Yeah. Like, that's who you are. Like, that's you not You are men's something. warehouse anthropomorphized. Yeah, yeah I'm so just you like, can't, yeah. you can't, that's not a skill you can get and, and have with women. <laughs> we like, guarantee yes, it. girl, that shoe, the red with the blue, the way yeah. it's popping, it's not, that's, that's not going to happen. And it's okay to be <laughs> that way. It's okay then. to be that way. <laughs> okay. You just have to make that acknowledgement. <laughs> that's like, like, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm yeah. not good at this. Okay. Yeah. But I think that's, that's something that, that may, that gets a lot of guys. I, I feel like it can get a lot of guys into trouble. Because maybe, and I'll even say just for me, I feel like maybe I, I come off like I don't care, mm. but it's just like... See, that's I, my problem yeah. too, because I was raised by women yeah. who did not give a fuck about my little petty boo-boos. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't, it was survival of the fittest in my household. You it still is. My mom, yeah. she'll come by if I'm bulking or something and I'm up like 200 pounds, it should be like... Well, you're starting to get a gut like your daddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like she, yeah, she is. She pulls no punches. My sisters can't even hardly deal with it most of the time because yeah. she'll just be like, "Well, why do you have those shoes on?" Yeah. yeah. And my sisters are like, "Bitch, what do you mean by that?" <laughs> it's like, "What do you mean by that?" And then me, I develop my defense mechanism is just to give no fucks oh, about right. it. Like I, I respect her and I appreciate it, but when she gets going on that stuff, I'm just kind of like jujitsu like or yeah. judo let me get no, so I'm you a just navigator. you just keep it out where your sisters might turn they it internalize in. it yeah, so yeah whereas like, i'm like this again. ain't about me right. it's just and right. honestly and and i've tried to communicate with them i'm like she says this stuff that's her way of showing that she cares mm-hmm. her being critical she wouldn't waste her time being critical of your shit if she didn't fundamentally care or a it could whole just lot. be her habit it, yeah. it is, it, but but I know I know she cares a whole lot. She's right. just not an emotional person. Sure, right. sure. Yeah. And but, my sisters are emotional, but not in a like. I mean, heavy duty stuff. We are all trained to take the reins when heavy du- there's right. a death in the family or mm-hmm. something like that. But we do not come when we come together as a family. There's no weakness, male, female. It's everybody's like. Unless you got a hold of your shit, then you ain't going to drag me into something else. And yeah. that's just how I was raised. Sure. And also, that transcends those male-female gender roles mm-hmm. a whole lot. But what would you say that, it, that all of that came, it sounds like, because of how your mom showed up? Yeah, and then, yeah. Then I would be interested in exploring, like, what what function did that serve? Like, why did she show up so hard in that manner? Of like well, she no was, emotion, she but there is a reason. Farm. She was raised right, so was there was farming. a reason yeah. for every like everything has it serves a function, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we it's like a socialization. She was raised on a farm. She had to be this way and this way and this way, right? Yeah, dealing, was, dealing with a lot of death, and right. you know, a sensitive so person like, dealing with she death. She was all socialized, the time. That, and it served a function in her life, and then we just see that trickle into. Okay. her as a and parent then, and then if a child that you have deviates from that too profoundly it's it's a frustrating thing yeah. like it's yeah. a frustrating thing for her and for the child right. as well because she's not able to to be more flexible in that way because she was raised and this serves a function and that's how that's her paradigm like right. you said so you have somebody showing up differently it does create it a- well, and then my daddy was treated with all the hugs and kisses and treated yeah. like a little demigod yeah mm. and all through school by his mama everything yes. my daddy was treated with kid gloves like a damn demigod yeah. by everybody and they they were raised more by my daddy than i was okay so they never got that conventional like reciprocity female reciprocity they tend to look at other females a lot of times like 
more in an adversarial competitive kind of context, a more conventional male to male kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And me and my brother tend to bow out a little bit and be like, yo, I don't even want to participate in mm -hmm. the competitive, any of the rat race at sure. all. That's why, you know, I go ghost. Yeah. 90% of the time, if I'm not at work or doing mm -hmm. this kind of stuff or at the gym, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I can't deal with it. It's yeah. too much. The the last thing I want I want to go talk about is language and context. Yeah. How how is it that how can we have conversations as men with women where it's on an on an equal playing field, if you will? Like how come men can be and, and I think of the term mansplaining, right? Where it's like when you are explaining something, again, I, I feel like at the root of it, it's it, it's intent. And if you are explaining to someone and, 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 as a guy, talking to a female as an equal, where does it, how do we sort of, how do we sort of have that balanced language where we aren't saying anything, where we can feel comfortable talking about whatever to a woman, just the way that I feel like guys can sort of say largely whatever they want to to one another i don't do you think that that's possible though to do with anyone because it doesn't have to do with gender because i'm sure you talk a certain way to your mom and you talk a certain way to your dad mm -hmm. right and then you to your friends and to your spouse like that we just go into all these different you have all these different relationships okay so when you're interacting and talking to them it it has more to do with like that relationship that thing between the two of you that's what will determine how you show up. It's plastic. Okay. That's like context. Okay, so yeah. it's context. It's it's how like upbringing. It's all kinds of other things. All so of when those layers. Okay, so whenever say a, a a woman comes into the south and is called sweetie by an old man. No, thank you. How does that? Okay, okay. I'm, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But like, explain when when we when we can still say context. It's so many layers. How I think do we? It, it's determined by the relationship. Sure. Okay. So for example, like I come in here and it's a white male that's saying sweetie to me or listen, honey, you know, or any of that. We I think, don't have that, a I think relationship. yeah, I, th I think that part's not cool, but I always, I, I think like if, if, if they are, in my opinion, like coming, like saying it with, if you can feel a positive intent. Right. And we have a relationship. And, and I mean, it, it really is about knowing your stuff and what things are like triggers for you or what sure. feels uncomfortable and what's familiar. Because for me, I can look at it if I can check out your intent. But then uh -huh. I also know when it is more like it's tr is demeaning or it's sure. more like sexually like so oh context, now I'm turning yes. into prey. Like okay. you're just calling me a sweetie or you want to comment about my legs or, you know, okay. so the context context and the relationship is important. Yeah. And, and I, I will also say being in a female dominated field, there's being a male in a female dominated field. There's two things. I get treated special mm, for sure. I just do. I get yeah. treated like the little baby. Cause, yeah. and they also like, I treat them. There's reciprocity right. there. I'm like, I have to live up to this. Yes. Um, but I think that there's a lot more comfort with, you know, once I got accepted into the fold, mm -hmm. you know, part of this team yes. of roughly half a dozen individuals, my status, I can say, I can be 100% candid right. with everybody. It transcends the male-female dynamic, and right. it's just person to person right. at that mm -hmm. point. But I will also say the little microcosm that is a male being in social work is a unique thing to begin with. Mm -hmm. And it's rare to have men that aren't going to 
Like, I can shut off there the two elements. Like, I can completely shut off the wanting to goon up on somebody. Like, I can... I have those two sides to me. I can treat somebody like a human being devoid of their physicality, and then I can, I can obviously do that as well. But being in social work and being around these individuals, I say things around these women that I would not say to a man because a man's ego would be shot all to fucking hell. Mm. And if we bring another man into the dynamic and we were, Mm -hmm. and we were even talking about that hiring somebody else and they were like, well, would it be handy to hire another man? I'm like, I mean, y'all can be y'all. I guarantee y'all going to be bitching to me about him being weird. Yeah. Guarantee they will. Because most dudes coming in, yeah, we said this in our last field. episode. It's yeah. novelty status when you're a guy with a lot of ladies in there. It, you yeah. yeah, well, it's novelty status if you know how to operate. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to operate, you're going to be treading water, drowning, right. somebody's All throwing the time. buckets. Yeah. All the time. What, what do I, what's the right thing to say? How do mm-hmm. I not navigate? And it's going to cause me anxiety because I'm like, I, I know what he's doing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it... It fucks me up too because, and, and that's that's one of the reasons why I like to kind of stay to myself is because when I'm not in that context around these people that know me intimately in a professional, you know, setting, all these women, I I, I know for a fact it's not appropriate to call somebody that I don't know that well a raggedy bitch, yeah, especially a woman, yeah. You know what I'm saying because there there is that gender attachment, even though. There's no gendered element to me calling somebody a bitch. I throw that word around mostly towards males. Doctor Guy hates it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But like, we you talk, guys can see her we smile. We talk right? shit to each other. <laughs> we. Well, I'm just saying. This yeah, is yeah, what yeah. Me and my team do. Like one of my one of my closest coworkers. She'll come up and she'll be like, "What are you doing? You fucking piece of shit." <laughs> it's this ribbing, like this camaraderie that's associated with that. But again, context, like she was saying. I know the word bitch elicits all these feelings, but I think you raggedy fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said this shit to me. Yeah. I can't. There is no other context other than this this environment that's steeped in chaos Mm -hmm. and sadness. Yeah. And it's almost like to a degree it reminds me of and it always has social work is reminding me of being deployed with people. And, you know, the, the military setting. Yeah. In many ways, bypasses yeah. that male female dynamic to a degree. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, you're dealing with trauma. It's just all trauma. Yeah, you've been like, deployed with these you people. You are. And it's a war. Like, you're just in these war zones. And by comparison, your language, especially all this ter- like arbitrary, terrible shit, that kind of is the segue or lightens mm-hmm. the mood a little bit. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And, and again, like I said, I know for a fact that I can't operate that way. And it's funny because this is my job. This is yeah. professionally, I interact with these people very intimately. I mean, I'm not going to property managers and talking to them like yeah. that or anything. And but. it's the nature of the field. Like, it's Absolutely. the nature of the work that you do. Right. Like, we're not, we're, we're in there dealing with heavy duty stuff. And you stuff. don't get to not be your, you don't get to not show up at, like, and be vulnerable and show up as your full self. Mm-hmm. And there are careers where you can do that. But that's not a field or a career that you and can do. And I that. will say I have one luxury in, well, I have multiple luxuries, mm-hmm. but it is 100% acceptable, like if I experience trauma, for me to cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's something that we said like, last time. Yeah. In my field, like, and everybody knows that I'm kind of a touch me not, like, it's it's a weird thing being raised by nothing but women, but also being raised to be like, fuck you, I don't need your help, like, mm-hmm. I'm closed off. 
But, you know, when we have a client that passes away, that's been a close one, man, I'll cry sometimes. And being in that environment, being around them, makes it feel much more natural than mm-hmm. if I was around a bunch of goon-ass dudes. Yeah. And I like doing my job around a bunch of women. Social work. The nature of the work, I cannot fathom it being male-dominated. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. I can't fathom, like, whenever I run into, no offense, but when I run into a social worker that's a hardcore Republican, I'm like, how are you a social worker and a hardcore Republican? It doesn't make sense to me. Sure. It's the compassion. Yeah. All right. Whew, this has been a good one. Whew. This has been really, really good. Um, I want people to, I, I, I sort of do have like one super last question. I, how do how do we continue the conversation on femininity? How do we stay interested in it? And how do we get to a spot where we can like openly be talking like this and, and people can be openly feeling or women could be openly exploring their masculine traits and men can be openly exploring their feminine traits? How do we get to a point like that? I, I think it's beautiful when you recognize that. So as a male, you recognize that there's a privilege that comes with you being a male. Yes. And when you're sitting with women and you think about even if somebody has is guarded or they have kind of, they don't feel safe to acknowledge that thing. Like, so for example, as a man to acknowledge that, you know, just say like, I, a lot of times women just need for you as a man to acknowledge that, yeah, it is pretty messed up the way patriarchy does women. Like just to acknowledge it with mm-hmm. the other person. It just like it can like to me just soften so many things. Really? And open up a space to discuss things. Okay. So and I think that's like what a lot of you know, like a lot of black people are waiting for is just like for white people to just acknowledge that y'all did some fucked up shit to us. Mm. And it's like just acknowledge it. And the same is true for women, for a man to acknowledge it. And genuinely acknowledge it and be able to open up the conversation. Okay. Like to care about like how as a woman, I recognize that you have to deal with all these things and like genuinely care about, you know, like think about that when you say that to somebody, like how good it feels when basically I say, I see you, that's Mm. all you're doing. So for me to be able to say, I see you, it feels good. And it really opens up a space for us to talk about it and to be vulnerable. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do we have any, Shameless shout outs before we go. Um, well, obviously, we got to shout out Tyler Young mm-hmm. at Grade 8 Performance. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, I'll put the onus on me. He just wrote me out a hell of a program, strength program. I start this week. So I'm going to be broke down palace for the next several weeks, I'm yep. sure. So I got to yep. be on my nutrition. But um, I know he's got a pretty full load right now. But again, Tyler Young at Grade 8 Performance exceptional regardless of what your preparedness needs may be hit the man up on facebook instagram um i want to give a shout out to uh ricky jones jr okay i love ricky ricky's gonna be a daddy oh what yeah congratulations and i don't know if i'm supposed to tell people yet or not (laughs) he let me know a week ago and wanted me to cater like cook for uh, his gender reveal party yeah he didn't tell me not to tell so i'm uh Ask for forgiveness and not permission. I guess that's what Congratulations, it is. Congratulations, my friend. Cool, cool. That's awesome. I do want to give a shout out to uh, to Bartley Weaver. Um, he's He created a workout for me, but it's more catered towards like cycling and stuff like that and building endurance and, and, and stamina and stuff cycling like that. Like, cycling like on a bicycle, not like anabolic steroids. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not taking steroids. <laughs> yet but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but he's got me on some uh, uh, on a, a cool plan 
and uh, I can already tell right now that it's it's helping me when I'm when I'm on the trails. Partly, and stuff like he that. ate two of my fried dill pickle chips. I earlier. just ate two of them. This was my off day. It was no carbs, and so I saw two. It was dill pickle. He, I was just like, uh, I knew you couldn't say uh, no. Well, you know, <laughs> but I kept it good the rest of the. You know, I've been good the rest of the time. Um, and then uh, who else? Oh, I just you got them in my head. Bryce, you guys shout. Oh, well, yeah, I do want to shout to Bryce, but Bartley's Instagram is at Dreamweaver Fit. Gotcha. Uh, if you jump on there, uh, he can work with you and create custom plans and workouts and diets and all that kind of stuff. So my diet is even completely different, and I can one hundred percent tell a difference. It's that it's that saying: is garbage that, in, garbage out. Is he you know on that weekly? Saying? You got you on that weekly, like monitoring it daily and yeah, weekly? yeah, yeah. I, I well weekly. I send. I'll take like a picture and send it to him. It's it's so weird like he's like all right time to weigh in you know take a picture of yourself in the mirror and send it to this dude <laughs> so i'm just like okay here we go That's like good. get my best angle but it's it's accountability and uh, and I really do trust him, and it, it's it's keeping me on on track. And so, um, thankfully, that's been going really well. I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Hot Yoga of Bowling Green, and just anyone who does yoga in general. I'm telling Doctor Die. I know you're the you're the yoga Jedi master uh, because, like I said, you made an agreement somehow with the universe. So, like mm-hmm. I said, if you're able to shoot shit out of your hands, that's just expected. Like seen, lightning, not like shit. Like, no, yeah, lightning, <laughs> uh, whatever, some kind of energy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> That imagery, no, but uh, uh, it's it's definitely it's it's very very humbling. Where like I've said, to be able to go into a place and my my strength gets canceled out in there, mm-hmm. and uh, so that yeah, people like, even look at you like your big ass is going yeah. Down. Oh, when I go in there, all these like all these moms and stuff, they're like, oh, he's he's yeah. dead. He's in trouble. He's so yeah, he's dead. Gonna be farting yeah. and crying. It's, like, it's also a yeah. hundred million degrees in here, yeah. so. Um, but all the people out there, they've been very, very helpful with me and very, uh, uh, very encouraging and stuff yeah. like that. So I feel 100% comfortable going in there and just being vulnerable. And, and the one thing that I'll even say is that I like the, and this I think is just sort of any yoga class I would hope is that like you get like 10 minutes maybe before and after to just sort of like meditate or just That's like, is that a man? Okay. He was going on all these terms and I was just like, look around. What does this mean? Right. Yeah. And so when he was doing that, I was like, well, let me give this a shot. And I'm just like, Oh shit, I've got to change this. I've got to do this. I've got like all these things that started like coming into my head. And so, uh, and then it was good to be able to just go ride on my bike and be out in nature and sort of mm-hmm. continue being no one for a couple of hours and then, you know, come back to the rest of the world. And it's uh, you feel recharged even though, like, I'm dehydrated because I lose water quicker than anyone. You know, mm-hmm. you're dehydrated and you're, pre- you're pretty beat up and stuff like that. So shout out to all the people who do yoga. I recommend that to everyone <laughs> out there, man. It's just really, really crazy. Um, Ryan Hines. Yes, Ryan Hines. I just CEO. picked up CEO Oxology Labs. Yep. Yeah, I just picked up some more. I, I got uh, Compound One. I had to pick it up because yes. I was at it. And I use a disproportionate amount of it relative <laughs> to the really? other ones. Well, you know, I don't mess with caffeine. Yeah, so. yeah. I had the the nitric oxide precursor is yeah legit and nice, I use nice. that with some BCAAs and awesome right before I walk in and it's money it's, but it's I had good. to go ahead and I bought it from Fuel Nutrition yes good spot Josh yeah. Biggs yes. Josh Biggs appreciate y'all they've got some excellent food options they've got mm-hmm. new ones what mm-hmm. is it the beef fajita bowl that they yeah, just came out with fire. and it, there's really no excuse to not 
eat well because they're they're doing all the thinking for you. Your they're macros are written on the yeah. on the container, and it's and it is affordable. If you were to go through the drive through at Wendy's, you're going to spend more money not only on the top end but on the bottom end regarding your poor health. Yes, one hundred percent. Doctor Di, do you have any shout outs or anything like that that you'd like to give? Uh, I think I have a shout out to all the sisters that's on Instagram posting <laughs> their pictures, like still trying to figure out who they are. Sure. And sure. the same for the brothers that's yeah. buying those big trucks and those cars. You know, a shout out to them. Because everybody's yes. just become, you know, everybody's yes. just trying to yeah. figure out who they are. But we got to meet people where they are. And mm-hmm. shout out to them and understanding, like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And when, when when are you going to get to the place to be just happy in your happiest self? Oh, man. Yeah. That's a that's a in completely other yeah. discussion. Just that point of when you realize that you're, that you're happy. You're oh, good my God. enough. Everything yeah. you so, need oh, is already within you, right? Oh, a, a, an episode on being good enough is probably going to include tears. It's probably sure. going to include like, oh God, all sorts of stuff, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What song I, were you listening to in the car when I Oh, shut oh. up. It was a metal song. And it, the title was Let Me Be Sad. But he thinks that it was like. <laughs> Look, so, I got in his car and, and he's already been, he's been mean to me all day today. Yeah, like, yeah, I have. And then I get into his car. <laughs> he was adjusting some shit in his front seat. And I took a picture of him, like his ass halfway hanging out. I said he was trying to put my car seat in the front seat of the car. <laughs> oh, God. And then I get in and we were arguing. And I get in, I sit down and the heads up display said, Let Me Be Sad or whatever. <laughs> I was, I was like, Kalu, what is going on? literally just popped in there. I was like, <laughs> hurt okay. you and okay. then i went to take a picture of it and he changed it before i could and he said you'll mm. s- slow ass iphone <laughs> yeah. 4s yeah i know yes. you can't put me on blast for that <laughs> but uh thank you all for listening thank you all so much uh we want to obviously continue the energy that we've picked up on for this episode we want to be able to continue to have discussions like this about femininity about masculinity and how i believe if we're all truthfully listening to each other we can get some kind of understanding and get some knowledge and and understand that your masculine traits or your feminine traits are 100% okay. It's all about recognizing them and accepting them and and trying to grow somehow with them. And the words don't mean more than you and your intrinsic behaviors and self and, you know, self-actualization. Like you don't have to bend to fit these terms. You don't, you don't have to. So with that, guys, I really appreciate your time. I know this is this was a long one, but it was one that I was I was like, I don't care how long this is going to be. We're going to go at it. We're going to go hard. I know you had just got back from. She literally just got into town, mm-hmm. and so thank you for even coming out here because I know you're probably going to pass out as soon as you get home. So uh, she, she's like, yes, I'm passing out right <laughs> now. So get some rest, guys. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to us, and we are out. Peace. <laughs>